Greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Keisha Way. And I wanted to take a moment to introduce our new podcast, Today Faith Taught Me. The goal of this podcast is to motivate, inspire, and encourage you with our inspirational messages. What's up, everyone? It's Candace from Fancy Freelancers. We're talking about the virtual Instagram secret sauce class. All right, guys, this is a 90-minute think tank. It's going to be action-packed, full of Instagram secrets. You're going to see how we got our clients' results when we did a takeover. We literally blew the platform away, and you can do the same for your business. What you're going to learn, you're going to learn how to find your audience, find that pot of gold. That's your sweet spot. You're going to learn more about the Instagram algorithm. The more you know, the better off you'll be, and you're going to get growth hacking tips. How do we take over? You got to tune in Friday, November 27th, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And don't forget to follow at Fancy Freelancers on Instagram and on Facebook. In this episode, we're having a conversation with Dr. Andriana Jones of The Righteous Money Moment. We are simply discussing the seven steps of faith, family, and finances. And we want to bring you along the journey so that you too can incorporate these seven steps in your daily lives. Take a listen. All right. Welcome, 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 everyone. It is Monday night and it is Keisha. Well, I am Keisha Way, your servant leader by design, and I assist busy women with balance in their life, their home or their business, kind of like serving as the bridge to their transformation. On tonight, I have with me Dr. Andriana Jones, and we are talking about the seven steps of faith, family and finances. I can tell you that those three things go hand in hand. There are so many times when people don't think about the three of them going together. People typically try to take care of their finances on their own. No, you cannot do that. You need faith in order to handle your finances. And you also need your family if you are a part of a family. So I am so honored to have Dr. Jones here with me on tonight. Um, And I want you to do the introduction for yourself because who knows you better than you? But I can tell you guys that she's definitely a woman of God. She is a wife. She is a mother. She's an administrator. She does so many things within her community as well, um, as far as with her church family and so many other things. So, um, Dr. Jones, if you'll go ahead and introduce yourself for everyone. Um, As Keisha said, I am Adriana Jones. Um, originally from Crawfordville, Tolliver County. I currently reside in McDuffie County here in Thompson, Georgia. I am the Associate Superintendent for Tolliver County Schools in my hometown of Crawfordville. Um, I'm also the wife of an Associate Pastor, um, a motivational speaker, singer, so many things, mentor. Um, I just love being a blessing, you know, not only to just people in general, to the, the, the education of children, and adults likewise, but also I love being a blessing to the people of God because that's who we're called to. You know, we're not just called to salvation just for the sake of ourselves. We're called to help lead others, not only to salvation, but helping them to live a holy and the abundant life that God has designed for us. So for me, 
It's kind of just in a nutshell who I am. Thank you for having me on tonight, Keisha. Oh, you are so welcome. I, welcome, and I am just grateful that you accepted the invitation. I know you were probably like, what is she talking about? But, you know, when you are God-led, you have to do, do things accordingly. And, you know, with the obedience, I definitely had to go ahead and reach out. Um, but the reason that we are talking about the seven steps of faith, family, and finances on this evening is it all goes back to my diagnosis. I know many of you know that I was diagnosed back in 2017, November 3rd to be exact, of 2017 with stage four colon cancer. So we are three years from that date. Um, but during that time, one of the things that first popped out, popped up was finances, of course. That was one of the things my husband was like, okay, so what are we going to do? Well, I can tell you, I didn't fret. I didn't worry about it because God had already faithfully prepared me for the walk and the journey that was going to be ahead. Little did I know it would include such a huge thing, but I definitely was prepared for it. So, you know, once we walked out of that doctor's office and, you know, the diagnosis was given, I went home and I just, I, I did things as normal, but I definitely prayed and I wrote down everything that I desired to receive from God during that time. I desired to be healthy. I desired for my children to have a normal life. I desired for my finances to be covered. I desired for my outer appearance to be covered because I didn't want to scare my children, although I know it could have happened. But that, those were just some of the things that I wrote down. And in the midst of writing about the finances, I got a phone call from the hospital and it was someone telling me how much the bill was going to be for that month. And it was over $5,000. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So what else do you need to tell me? And, you know, once he gave me that number, he instantly said, you know what, let me get your information and run it through the system and see if there's any programs out there that will be able to assist you. And I was like, okay, I gave him my information. And within two minutes, he came back and told me that my balance was zero. So within that five minute phone call, God showed up and he showed out. And so from that very moment, I knew that he would carry us throughout that diagnosis and he would ensure that our finances would be covered 100%. We would not have to worry about where food was going to come from. We were not going to have to worry about our bills. We were not going to have to worry about any of that because God had already promised to supply our needs because that's what his word says. He promises things within his word. And when you take that word back to him and tell him what it is that he has promised, he will deliver. So that is my story about why we are here with seven steps of faith, family, and finances. So Dr. Jones, um, I was able to encounter you um, during a summit that um, Dr. I mean, uh, Pastor Robinson did. And during that summit, I was able to hear some of the things that you had been doing. And I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. I like this. I, I can receive a word from her. It's so simple. It's so sweet. And she delivers the message just as it was given to her. So can you tell us a little bit about your faith, family, and finances? Um, so for me, I really became passionate about finance as a teenager. I started working at the Board of Commissioners when I was in high school, and I learned about taxes and grants and SPLOS all of those types of things. And so I really kind of fell in love 
um, with the area of, of money management during that time. And so going off to college, you know, we, we kind of get caught up in the life of things. So we're young, especially as a young woman coming from a small town, going off, you, you kind of get caught up in the in the way of things, you know, having nice things that I didn't necessarily need to buy. Um, you know, getting caught up back when I was in college, the credit card companies were on the campus. So they literally set up on campus and they would meet you in between classes. And so for me, all of the things that I had learned in my profession, even, even as a teenager or the things that I learned from my mother, Anna, just growing up, you know, we go to the store, we're school shopping or we're shopping for gifts. And, you know, I was taught from a young age that you get to the cash register and you have $200, but what you have costs $210. You have to put something back. That's how I was raised. But for me, you know, getting caught up in the hype of, of what my son now calls the college experience, you know, I got away <laughs> from the things that I had been taught. And so um, got married. And for me, it really hit hard when I was pregnant with my first son, Malik, and we had made our plans. I had gotten an extra paycheck from work that we had set aside. So we had kind of planned, you know, for me being out of work the time that I would be. And I ended up with preeclampsia and I ended up out of work a couple of months longer than I was supposed to be mm -hmm. or that we had planned for me to be. And so that little nest egg that we kind of set aside, coupled with some of the other debt that I myself had just gotten into again in that college experience. And so it kind of opened my eyes to really being more cognizant about how I spend my money and just getting rid of those insecurities that made me spend and shop because it made it just kind of makes you feel better to buy yourself something nice. You know, whether you need it or not, do you need another jacket? You know, um, and for me, one of the things that I shared during the conference with Pastor Sharendra Robinson was that I had an insecurity about my nails because I was a nail biter. And so for me, getting my nails done was a way to hide the nails, I thought. But in the in the in the mental health realm or even in the spirit realm, I was actually hiding an insecurity. And mm. so once I've dealt with that insecurity, I have no problem wearing my own nails because I don't need to cover them up because of the anxieties of my life because I don't bite them anymore. So if I get rid of the reasons why I'm misspending, if I deal with the root of the problem, and then I can actually solve the issue of, of how I'm spending my money sometimes. And so for me, that was an eye opener coupled with, you know, just some hard things that happened. And one day it just made me so angry encountering a person who was just mean and malicious and I told my husband on the way home, that will never happen again. And from that day to this one, it has never happened again because it put a fire in my belly to get it right. And so the very systems that the enemy had used to entangle me in debt to, um, to, to make me feel worse about myself because of my financial status, God taught me to flip those things to get myself out of the trouble that I was in. And so here I am today on another healing journey, you know, I went through doctors afraid I would have a stroke and die with, with my first son. Again, mm. all of those doctor bills that came when we were already struggling. And so here I am now, you know, all of these years later and later, and he's almost 18, will be 18 in January of 2021 and found myself again with an illness that I needed 
to be healed from. And on this year, because I've been diligent in my money, because we have planned faithfully, we have been involved in our finances. Um, I'm now, you know, on a regimen. I've lost nearly 30 pounds, I'm feeling wonderful. A lot of the symptoms I've had, but I was able to take this journey without debt um, because I have gotten together my mind, my thoughts, my faith in knowing that God can do whatever he says, but also me doing my part, my work, the work of my faith matching um, what I desire. And so, but also having the finances to be able to pay for it and not put a burden on my family to, to pay for monthly or yearly and interest rates and all of that, those types of things for me to get my healing um, paid in full up front. And I'm just now taking the journey. So um, it's been a blessing to my life. Um, and I know that for so many other people, this year has been a year of just trying to do better, trying to grow, trying to get our thoughts and our minds and our health together, getting our money together so that we can go to sleep at night and not worry about taking care of things um, or praying for God to do it when sometimes he's put it in our hands to take care of those things. I often say to myself, don't waste your provision. Um, and so if I don't waste it, if I'm a good steward over it, then God will continue to bless it. So that's just a small piece of my story and how we get to um, today and in writing that righteous money moment, because it has been a journey for me. So it is a yes. blessing for me to now yes. give what God has given to me to other people. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, that story enlightened me. It got my wheels to spin it. So I hope that um, you guys were able to receive something from um, Dr. Jones' story as well. So we're going to go ahead and get into the seven steps of faith, family, and finances. And the first step is first fruits and tithing. First fruits and tithing. A lot of times people don't think about the importance of actually taking your first fruits and tithing it. Now, tell me, how do you feel about tithing, Dr. Jones? Okay. So for me, my thing on tithing is not, I'm not giving God a gift. I'm not giving him an offering. You know, I'm giving him what belongs to him. Um, the scripture that exactly. you gave for this one, Malachi 3 and 10 where even before verse 10, where God is saying, will a man rob God, you know, in tithes and in offerings. And so if I'm robbing him of something, that means it actually belongs to him. I can't steal something from you that belongs to me and I'm giving it to you as a gift. If I'm stealing it, it means that I'm keeping something that actually belongs to you. So for me, mm -hmm. that 10 that happens before anything. There are times when you know, at the at the end of the month, um, even though I get paid at the end of the month, but my husband does weekly, but we compile like he his checks go in and he pays himself at the end of the month. And we do all of our finances at one time. And there are times when I'm saying, you know, have you done your tithes? Because we got to make sure we put it in the book because I can't pay anything before you until I write the check for what I'm doing for God. He has he has to be first. And also when Matthew 6 and 33 tells us first the kingdom of God, for us, that means that we honor God first, but that's in all things. That's in our time, you know, 
that's in our giving, is in our finances, is with our families. My kids know we're doing virtual school, but when you get up in the morning, you do your, you pray, you read your devotional first. We start school at eight o'clock. So you know you have to get that done before then because God has to be a priority. And if you start your day off with him, if you give your money, not give, I won't say that. If you give, give to him what belongs to him yeah. first. What belongs he has, to him. He, he basically, God has to bless what we do for him. And in order for us to put him first in all things, that means we give to him in all things first. My marriage belongs to him first. I can't expect it to go well if my husband and I are going to do our thing and then we just throw God in there when it's convenient or mm -hmm. when things aren't well. If I put him first in all things, including my money, which is the tithe, then I can expect for it all to go well. And in my budget, there are times in my in the year where I'm asking God for an increase. I'm doing fine. Um, but God, if you so fit to give me more, I want more. So there are times when I'm looking at my budget. Um, and we, I have a spreadsheet that I use for the entire year. And it's like, I'm not even going to put in the, the income for this month right here. Cause it's not going to be the same. It's going to never fails to me. He never fails to fill it in. And it's <laughs> with more than what it was. And I believe that's because I honor him, you know, with, even with my money, no ifs, ands and buts about it. I don't have to think about it when I couldn't pay my bills all of those years ago, the tide, it, it has to be done. It has to be done mm -hmm. in so many ways when he is the priority. When he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be, he He definitely means that. Yes. So I hope everyone was able to catch the fact that family is incorporated in this as well. Dr. Jones told us how her family knows what they're supposed to do before they do anything else in the mornings. And that's the same thing it is with tithing. Before you do anything else, before you decide to pay Georgia Power, before you decide to pay Chase for your mortgage, you are to tithe because God will make sure that what you are tithing, he's going to give it to you over and over again to allow you to have those things that you need and some of those things that you want. So we're going to go ahead and move into step two. Step two is budgeting and and calculations. A lot of people don't budget. A lot of people don't sit down and count it all out before they even put it out there into the atmosphere. They just swipe, swipe, and spend. But the Bible tells us what it is that we're supposed to do. We are supposed to budget because Luke 14 and 28 tells us, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? And I believe this is something that you've talked about in your blogs on Sundays, right? Yes. Budgeting and ensuring Absolutely. that you are writing it down. And you just spoke a little bit about it. So tell us a little bit more about how do you sit down and do your actual budgeting at the end of the month or the beginning of the month with your family. Okay. So, so for me, like I said, there's a, I have a file that I use and it actually has all 12 months in it. And I don't fill out every single month because some things change, but I do make sure that even at the beginning of my year, all of those important things, birthdays, anniversaries, when we're planning on taking a vacation, all of my nieces and nephews birthday, my mom, my sister, you know, all of those people that we support um, charities. We know, I know when my alma mater's, are doing, you know, their fundraising. So all of those things go into my budget. But for every month, 
looking at, okay, everything has to be there. So, and there are two reasons for that. One of them is to make sure you don't miss anything. So when you're paying mm -hmm. your bills and when you're, you know, getting gas, buying groceries, when you're doing all of these things, if you're not keeping a running tab of what you're spending during the month or actually writing down what you need to pay, that's how you miss bills. So you, you get a notice. Oh, this is like, oh my God, I forgot about this. I thought I had an extra $60 and I went and got my hair done or I went shopping and to only realize that you forgot a bill. But if you were used to writing those things down every month, you don't forget that bill because it's already on the list. And the second reason for budgeting is so that all of those things do get paid. As, she, as you read the scripture that said, you know, who, who starts a building without knowing whether or not you have enough money to, to build it. And the verse after that goes on to say, you start building, you build the foundation and now you don't have enough money to fit it to finish it. And now you're embarrassed because of the ridicule of others who are looking and seeing, you know, that you don't have enough money to, to finish it. And it's just one of those things that people go through all the time. You swipe, 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 and you get to the register decline. Well, I know I have money because you don't realize how much you've been swiping that you, you know, you've been swiping so much that now there's not enough there to do what you need to do. Or standing there praying, Lord, let it, please let it go through. Please, oh. God does not work <laughs> under that kind of stress. It's different when, like you say, Keisha, you've been sick, you've been ill, but to just simply mismanage or overspend because you're not being responsible, you know, for the money or the provision. As I said earlier, don't waste the provision because for many of us, God has given us enough money to pay all of our bills, to take care of those needs and some of those wants. But sometimes if you're not handling your money in an organized way, you spend it way faster. You know, you got $100 in your pocket, you get home, you got $9 and it's like, what did I spend it on? Because it literally just went through your fingers. But if you budget and then pay your bills, all of those obligations, your investments, your retirement, saving, all of those, if you do all of that up front, now you know, I've got an extra hundred dollars that we could go out with this weekend. That, yes. you know, I could treat my husband or he could treat me or living that life of now where, you know, pre-COVID, of course, if we decided, mm -hmm. you know, middle of the month, hey, let's just go away for the weekend. I can do that because my finances are in order and I'm not to pay my bills. I'm not neglecting anything that needs to be done to be able to do those things. So budgeting is so important. And when you budget every dollar, every cent, every quarter yes. has to be allocated to something, even if it's entertainment, if it's the saving, investing, assign every dollar. Um, as Pastor yes. Sharina Robinson would say, she says, give every dollar a job. I think that's the way she said it to me. You yes. Give every dollar a, a job. And it may not pan out that way. Sometimes our electric bill comes and it's less than what we thought. So we've got an extra $50, $60 to find something to do with. But just knowing up front that you have enough or better yet, I don't have enough. So I know on my side gig, the little second job that I have, I know I got to hustle a little harder or I need to cut back a little bit because I don't quite have enough to do these things. And I promise you that if you do those practices of being that good steward, which we'll talk about a little later, um, God will bless the work of your hand. Yes. He has to. And especially if you're doing it to please him, he has to bless it. And that's when he makes a way when they should be turning off those lights. And it's like, 
It doesn't happen. They can't get here. Something, you know, God will bless the work of your hands. If you just do your part, make sure that your work, we know the, the word of God says that faith without works is dead. But mm -hmm. also if the work that you're doing does not align with the faith you have, then you still won't get those results. So have faith that God is going to bless you to take care of your family and have enough money, but make sure you're doing the work to make sure that's possible as well. Yes. And we definitely have to think about the fact of if God gives us a little and we're not doing what we're supposed to do with that little, we can't expect for him to give us more. We have Absolutely. to take care of that little so that he can increase us in abundance as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. That, that information was very, very helpful. So step three is goals and writing the vision. If there are yeah. things that you desire to have within your family, within your life, within your finances, mm -hmm. I truly believe in writing it down, saying what it is that you want with pen to paper. There's nothing like pen and paper for me. So what would you say to those that are thinking about moving to the next level in their family? Let's say we want to get a new house next year. Well, you can have that new house, but you got to write out that vision. You got to write out those goals in order to move how you're wanting God to move. Yes. So the, the scripture that you gave in Habakkuk 2 and 2 that talks about when the Lord is saying to this prophet, you know, write the, the vision and make it plain, you know. Um, and even so, even though it does not come immediately, you tarry and you wait on it and you, you, you write it even mm -hmm. on the table stones of your heart. Why? So one, so that you don't forget it. It is so, when exactly. turbulent times come, we know what God has said, but sometimes things hit us so hard that we forget. And sometimes when we're looking back through our phones, when we're watching old messages, when I'm looking back through my journal or back through an old notebook and I run across something that God said years ago, and it just reminds me he is with me. So first, so that we don't forget what God has said to us, the, the vision and the desire that God has been placed in mm -hmm. us. But also the word tells us in Proverbs 29 that with, you know, without vision, the people perish or one interpretation of that scripture says that without revelation, without God, that the people get off course, that people get off track. Because even if you think about it, if if you um, have, are, are an athlete and if you all go on the court without a plan, if the coach calls out a play, but he hasn't given you the play, everybody's scrambling, there's chaos. And so yep. if you're planning to buy a house, if you're trying to get a degree, if you're trying to work things into your family, into your children, but you have not writing, written out the vision and also the instruction from God. So don't just write the goal, ask God how yes. they're going to achieve yes. it. And so yes. when he's written that out, it keeps you on course. When God says, do this, do this, do this, whether it makes sense to you or not, you do exactly what he says and it keeps you on course because otherwise you're just out here trying to do something and you never accomplish anything because you mm -hmm. have no idea. You have no idea where you're going. It's almost like, the men in our lives, they hate asking for directions. So for men, <laughs> GPS is the best thing that ever happened. Women, yes. we have no problem stopping, tell me where to go, calling somebody saying, I'm lost, tell me where to go. But a man will, will just ride around aimlessly for out. I know where I'm going. I got it. Because they don't want to stop and ask for directions. But without that, how do you get where you're going? Without knowing where you're going first. Where you're going. Secondly, the steps of how you're going to get there. So writing it out, it reminds us, yes, of where we're going. It reminds us of what God said. 
but it also keeps us in alignment with the assignment that we're on um, because us reaching our goals and I know in our minds it's for our happiness and it's for our joy and it's for the abundant life it is but all things are for the glory of God so God blessing my life is so that others can see that God is faithful and that God will do what he said so ultimately me reaching my goals is about the success of the kingdom and people knowing yes. that God is a promise keeper but if I go out here and just kind of willy-nilly just kind of wing trying to reach these goals people think I'm a failure. And because I represent God, well, if God can't do that for her, what can he do for me? So if we're going to mm. do things decently and in order the way the word says, we have to have our goals. We have to have our visions. I encourage people, um, even in my family, my husband, when we think about the year, whether it's, you know, for our children, whether it's ministry and even in our money, we set goals. OK, we, we, we challenge ourselves every year. How much are we going to save this year? You know, when we're looking at our investment and our retirement, how much? And we challenge ourselves to do it bigger every single year. Yes. Um, and so it kind of keeps us focused when we want to just go splurge on something we really don't need in the first place. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, because it's not so much about us, but it's mm -hmm. about the reputation of God. Not just our names are at stake. God's name is at stake God's sometimes name is at stake. because of our actions. Yes. I think the main takeaway from this is to listen after you write your vision, after you write your goals, listen for the instruction of what God is telling you to do. And like you said, follow it step by step, even if it doesn't sound like it's in the correct order. It's not according to your will. It's according to his will. So we definitely have to make sure that once we decide, OK, let me sit down and write out you know, what I want my life to look like in 2021. You don't just write it on that piece of paper and then leave it. You write it on that piece of paper and then you go to God with it. And then you sit and you listen and you meditate on what it is that he's directing you and giving you to do in that moment. So people, when you get ready, I know 2020 probably did not end up like you wanted it to, but 2020 is not over. So you can still write some goals down right now for 2020 and you still have time to achieve them because as long as you put God first and everything, we too are right here with you. You can see that it is possible. So just make sure that when you write those goals and those visions down, that you wait and you listen to the instruction that God is giving you. So we're going to move into step four, which is ask God and believe. And the Bible tells us in Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. That's not a hard thing to do. Believe, right? <laughs> or so we think. So we think. So we think. So we think. So I can tell you, it's, it's just like I said in the beginning of this, that I went to God about our finances. I went to God about my health. I went to God about my family and asked for certain things. And he supplied it. He definitely supplied it. So I'm living proof that whatever you ask for and believe, it may not happen the exact way that you desire it to happen, but it will happen according to God's will. So step four, just make sure you ask God and you believe. Now, do you have any input on step um, four, Dr. Jones? Um, absolutely. Our faith is, is so, so important. Um, and even as um, I was thinking about this. God reminded me of something that we talked about in our women's Bible study just weeks ago. 
about not only you know having faith and some people think that faith has to be huge um our belief in god has to be huge but the word of god is, simply says that if you have faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed then yes. you can speak to the mountain and the mountain can be removed and cast into the sea and so as i was praying about this lesson you know god kind of shared with me that it's because of what was in the seed it's not that the seed is big so your faith does not have to be huge is what your faith is filled with. So all of those things that make these humongous mustard trees within that seed. So if we fill our faith with the word of God, if I'm not praying for what the word says, forget about it. You can believe it has to align with God's word. The spirit will, will lead me and guide me. So having the, the Holy Spirit within my faith is so important because sometimes, sometimes there are things that aren't God's will. There are some things mm -hmm. that aren't good for the kingdom and God is not going to do them. And if that's so, if I listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will say, no, honey, move on. Or this is not what God wants. God wants to give you something different, you. something better. So I have to have that. Also, our faith is filled with our experiences. Like we know what God has done before. We know that God is healed before those times when I'm distressed and I feel like, God, where are you? I feel lost. I feel like I'm being overtaken. And the Holy Spirit reminds me of God raising my sister off her deathbed just a few years ago for the third time, not the first time, you know, several times. So if he can do that, the this thing that I'm facing, this thing that I think cannot be done, this financial circumstance that are you coming up? Yes, I am. And I'm the, I'm the same God that mm. I was back then. So even our faith has to be filled with our experiences with God as he's reminding us of the things that he's done before. And if he's done mighty and wonderful works, if he's performed miracles before in your life, can do it guess again. what? He can do it again and he will. He you just have again. to have that faith to know that he can. So our belief has to be in the right things. You know, like even the things that are going on in the world right now for me, I voted. But for me, God's will be done. God, whoever you want yes. to be there. You allow them to be there because when while other people are complaining and all of those things, I know what you've done for me in these past few years. I know how you've elevated my exactly. heart, my mind, my mental health, my family, my money and all of those things. So for me, it does not matter essentially who gets elected, whoever God so chooses to put anywhere else. If he's doing it, it's for the good of his people. And we just have to have faith. I don't have to argue with anybody about anything. Exactly. I believe. God is above all. And as long as he's that, the world can do whatever he wants to do. That's right. Ask and believe, people. Ask and believe. So we're going to move into step five, which is learn and invest. I know a lot of people do not think about taking what you have and investing it for yes. the greater good, that thing is so huge because we are not just supposed to get this money and sit with it. You got to do something else with it. And the Bible talks about that. So you want to lean in on Mark 25 and 16? Okay. So we know the story and in some versions, they call them talents. And some people think it's about gifts. Yes. You know, if you use your gift of singing, God will give you more. But we know that, you know, the term talent is a form of money um, during that mm -hmm. time. We use pennies and dimes and nickels and dollars and 20s now, but it was a form of money. And so it was an instance where God gave them certain amounts of money. And, you know, of course, you have the person that has the five and the person that has the two. They go and they invest it and they bring God a return 
on his investment. So they, they didn't just take what God gave them and go and throw it away. Or like the person with the one who, who went and buried it, saying, yes. God, you know, I don't feel like you deserve a return, God, because you didn't do any work. You know, that kind of mindset, this belongs to me. I can do with it whatever I want. And it's like, no, God, if I take what you give me and if I bring you a return on your investment and if I bring you more, God, like with our children, if 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 I give my child something and they do good things with it, it makes me want to give them more. So even, exactly. you know, even outside exactly. of our money, when it comes to our families, we have to invest the same way we're trying to, you know, to to make good decisions regarding our money and our lives and our health then we're also doing those, we're teaching our children, you know, those same things. I have two children. Uh, my two oldest have businesses and it's like, you have to invest in your business. We help you to get started, but now your business has to be self-sustaining. And I can remember having yes. that conversation with my daughter. Like, what do you mean? I sold a tumbler and I don't get to keep all the cash. No, what it costs you in supplies gets invested back into your business, darling, because we help you get started. But now your business has to be self-sustained. So if you go and spend your expense money, then you can't buy supplies, which means you can't make money. You can't be. I'm not sustaining mm -hmm. your business. So the more we teach our family those things, those healthy eating habits, all of those things, prayer, being in relationship with God, um, having faith, all of those pieces of tonight's investing in those things and learning all that we can, investing in ourselves. If you have a craft, Learn all you can about it. Even if you're naturally gifted at it, you don't become the best at it. You don't become an expert at it um, just by getting the gift from God. You know, Kobe and some exactly. of these other athletes talk about just 20,000 hours of practice to get to this skill when they have God-given talent and gifts. So just mm -hmm. like that, we have to hone our skills as well so that we can be our best selves, so that as we go out and we build businesses and that we're building our families, we give God a good return on his investment. So he'll turn around and bless us even more. That I like the part where you brought in the athletes to show, although they are gifted and talented by God, they're still utilizing their time wisely by going out and sharpening their iron and making sure that their craft stays relevant because you can can't be the best at the game if you're not investing in yourself, Absolutely. investing in yourself. All right. So step six, give back and donations. Yes. Giving back is huge. I truly believe in giving back. But, you know, nowadays, the first thing people do when they give back, they pull out their cell phones and they want to snap a picture and they want to make sure that everybody knows that they have done this. It doesn't have to be that way. Matthew 6 and 4 tells us, give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. It doesn't have to be known to the world that you just did what you did. But it's very important that we do give back and ensure that our family knows the importance of giving back because mm -hmm. God blesses us so that we can bless others. So we definitely have to stand um, you know, you as a united front when it comes to giving back, because there are some children that may not be able to get, you know, the latest Jordans. I can afford them, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to buy them. But still, you know, there I'm going to make sure another child can be able to have a pair of shoes if I can, just as though I would my own child. So 
giving back is huge. So what do you have to say, Dr. Jones, about the giving back and the donations? Absolutely. And even the, the scripture all throughout Matthew chapter six, the word of God is talking about us doing things in private, not doing them to be seen as the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees did in the Bible, because he God basically says, if you did this in the public to be seen, you have already gotten your reward. So I have no need to reward you. If some if it just so happens that it's publicized or that somebody sees it, that's all fine. But if you're doing it from your heart, then I don't need for everybody to know, you know, what I've done for somebody, how I've been a blessing to you. But the word of God is very clear that it is more blessed to give than to receive. So however God has blessed us, then we give up, we give of ourselves in Luke 6. It talks about us giving you know, in good measure, you know, giving. And, and this scripture really doesn't just talk about money. It talks about however you judge or if you judge, you'll be judged the same way. However you treat is one of those reaping and sowing yes. scriptures that really talks about whatever you put out, whatever you do unto people, then other people will do those things to us. But we know if we give, if we help others who may be less fortunate or if we just you know, sometimes want to bless somebody, sow a seed into somebody's life. The word of God is, is clear that, you know, others will give back to us and it'll be pressed down, shaking together, running over. You know, will men give into your bosom? So if you give unto others, then I will cause others to pour back into you to give unto you. And we don't give it to receive anything. We give it, you know, to be a blessing. But even in our giving, we have to be prayerful about that. Sometimes yes. we think every time something comes on TV, Every time we're watching a ministry and they say give is for us to give, you know, God sometimes assigns us to give to certain things. You know, there are yeah. ministries that my husband and I have that nobody even knows about unless, you know, and some of these things are monthly where God gives us things that we are to give to or, or a certain set of people. And he even gives us the names that we'll give to. And I, of course, won't even name those things because that's not what we're here for. You know, exactly. but we know what we're assigned to when it comes to our giving. Are there other things we give into? Yes. But sometimes God has assigned you to give to certain things. And if you're just giving everything, he gives an instruction and now you've given it all away. So even in that, be prayerful and listen to the instruction yes. of the Lord about who you're supposed to be pouring into to be a blessing as well. But we we have to give. We We don't have a choice. If we our Christians, if we love God, then we are to do unto others as we would want others to do unto us. If I didn't have enough, if I didn't have food, then I would want someone to feed me or to give me money to, to buy food. Thing. So then yes. I should do the same thing. So absolutely, we must. Absolutely. And that is why God put us all here. We're all connected. There's no way you know, we can exist in this world alone. If he wanted us to exist alone, he would not have created, you know, mankind. He would not have done that, but he chose to create Adam and Eve so that they could procreate and every one of us are here and we have to, you know, stick together. We have to to invest our time and our talents and our money at times, but we definitely have to give back and it does not have to be seen for the world as long as God knows your heart and he knows exactly what it is that you're doing. So we're moving into our final step and our final step is one of the most important of them all and that's God's word and ensuring that you trust his 
word. The Bible tells us that. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. His word, what he says, his promises, the scriptures, all that stuff ties in people. So this is where we come with the faith, family and finances. We're believing in God's word and we're trusting what it is that he is saying to us. And like Dr. Jones has said over and over again, we're listening for the instruction that he gives. So if we're trusting in his word, we got to trust in the instruction that he gives us. We can't just open up the Bible and read that word and think that that's all that we need. We got to sit, wait, meditate and listen to what it is that he is saying to us. So Dr. Jones. Jones, what is your input on God's word and trust? God's word is our lifeline. It's the instruction for everything that we do. Um, the word has everything in it. You know, in, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, it talks about the fact that God's word basically gives us the instruction for all things. It, it not only teaches us, it guides us. It gives us reproof. It gives us correction. So he tells me what to do, when to do. And when I'm doing wrong, he tells me that's wrong. But the word doesn't just tell me that it's wrong the way people do. Sometimes the word tells me how to correct it, how to fix it yes. and how to get on the right track. So without the word, my faith means nothing. Without the word, my money means nothing. Without the word, my family, you know, because ultimately my life is about me leaving the earth. And me going to the place that I'm actually from, you know, the word tells us that we're pilgrims and strangers in the earth. So I didn't come to earth to say I plan on going to heaven. And so for me to get there, the instructions of how to do that come from the word of God. Yes, the Bible was written by people, but the word is clear that it was the influence of God and the Holy Spirit that it told them what to write. So we would know what to Uh do even in these times. So we have to meditate on the word of God. So that is within us. Um, The word of God tells us, you know, that, you know, we have to abide in him and his word has to abide. It has to live. It has to thrive in us. That means we have to read it and not just be able to quote it, but it literally has to be ingrained within our hearts so that we can live it. You can take something that somebody said, but if you don't believe Uh it wholeheartedly and if it's not written on the, the, the table stones of your heart, as the word says, then you'll do it for a little while and then you fall off and you'll do it for a little while and you'll fall off. But if you meditate on God's word so much that it literally becomes a part of you doing what he said becomes the natural thing for you. And all you want to do is please him. All you want to do is to do what he says. It disappoints you to, to, to fall off and not do or accomplish something that God has told you to do. It grieves your heart. You feel bad about it, almost like a child before mm. a parent, because it's like, God, I'm, I'm ashamed to sit before you yeah. right now because I know what your word says. And I'm so, so mm-hmm. sorry, you know, and I'm learning that God is, you know, he's so gracious that he gives us chance after chance to follow. The word. But we yes. have to know it in order to trust in it and believe in it. We have to know what the word says. So we have to be um students of the word, reading it, meditating on it, professing it, speaking it, believing it, and also living that word in front of other people on a daily basis. So, Yes, yes, yes. So I hope you all were able to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. And so even for me, one of my favorite scriptures is is, um, Proverbs 3 and 5 that talks about us 
you know, that we trust God in all things. We put all of our trust in him. We don't lean to our own understanding, but we do that because we live the word. We do that. We're able to do that. And we're able to trust in him with all of our heart, all of our might, all of our strength. That means we trust him with everything, but that's because I know the word and I live the word. And because I'm so reminded of not only what the word says, but also what God has done in my life, then it's easier for me to trust him with all of those things because I know my understanding is nothing. I can't see but 10 seconds in front of me and God sees the end of the, of the world, you know? And so I learned that after getting myself into so much trouble, whether it's financial, whether it's, you know, speaking out of place, um, acting contrary to the word of God, you learn enough that even though God says do it this way and it doesn't make any sense to your flesh, you learn that his way is best because God, when I do it your way, this thing turns out so much better than anything so I could easier. have done. It's like, so God, I trust your word and I only want what you want. So um, that scripture for me is brought to life by the word of God. Yes, it's, it's definitely much better. It's like, you know, when people say it's easy to get in trouble, but hard to get out of it, it's so much easier to just listen to God's word than to try to, you know, plug your own way of doing things into anything in life, because God is not going to steer us wrong. Like we said earlier, he may not do it exactly when you want it and how you want it, but it's still going to get done. And in the end, he gets all the glory. He gets all the praises for each and everything I know that happens within my life. And I hope within everyone else's life as well. So we are at the end of our seven steps of faith, family and finances. We're going to run back through those steps really quick. Number one was first fruits and tithing. Number two was budgeting and calculations. Number three goals and writing the vision. Number four, ask God and believe. Number five, learn and invest. Number six, give back and donations. And number seven, of course, trusting God's word. So Dr. Jones, I know that every Sunday you write a blog on money. You, you're teaching us the biblical way of doing and handling money. Now, are you coaching people or individuals in how to manage their money? Um, at will, it's not anything that's, that's sort of organized where I'm doing it on a regular basis. It's something that is in the plans at some point, um, not even for me for financial gain. I just like to see people winning. I like to see people not being stressed out about their money because, you know, I, I learned years ago, those things that we're truly passionate about and those things that drive us crazy for me, like mm -hmm. if, if, if I see a circumstance um, where I see people misspending their money, like I literally see dollar signs and it's just, it's insane <laughs> for me. So it's, it's a real passion for me because I know that it's one of those areas that the devil holds people in bondage over. And we don't think that yeah. it is spiritual. So when back in January, I was telling um, Reverend Hawkins and and we're we're always chatting, always talking, and so and usually somewhere in the mix, I'm bringing up something about budgeting and money and not necessarily giving advice, but we just end up talking about business or our dreams, those types of things. And then one day I'm sitting in my office and God drops this on me, and it's like God, I'm I'm private. I'm a very, very, very private 
person. I get on social media. Uh -huh. I contact people. I stay in touch. You want me to do what? For real? And uh -huh. so for me, it's just the first step um, in, in a lot of things. But and it's called the righteous money moment because we want to handle our money, but we want to do it righteously. So somewhere in the future um, is something that I know that will be. Um, and again, okay. for me, not anything for financial gain, but even if people have questions about budgeting, the tools that I use, the practices that I have, or just things that I know are out there, even if I don't use them, recommending them to people that can help them to get their credit in line. Um, so it's coming according to God. Uh, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll see it's, it's coming. I already see it. So I have another question concerning the righteous funding on it. So okay. when is the podcast coming out? Because, you know, a lot of people like to listen to information they're not always reading because they're on the go so yeah when is the podcast coming out is that something that you thought about doing as well okay um there are sometimes like a couple of a few weeks back um holy spirit had already told me to kind of deliver this message about hanging in there and not quitting and then i i typed it out and i wrote it and my son was going to a music store something he needed to pick up and I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit just nagging me. I didn't tell you to write it. I told you to speak it. I don't know about the podcast. Kevin hadn't said that to me. Well, <laughs> but I Kevin do plan to do more of those messages that aren't just written, but those things that are just spoken. But again, I don't mind being in the background. I'm very camera shy, even though most people cannot believe that. Oh, um, no, I wouldn't I'm, think not, that. I'm not comfortable in it. Um, but God is pressing upon me more to do more of those messages. Um, and, and that okay. information in, in a video format versus um, just it being written all the time. So he's tugging. I'm listening. And, you know, yeah, moving. he's tugging. So is the righteous money moment. Is it going to have its own page or will it stay on Dr. Andriana Jones page? Um, eventually, I think it will. Eventually, I, I think it will. If there's nothing you haven't asked me tonight. That has not already been something that's kind of been in my mind um, yes. and in my heart. Um, and so they're all things that are that are kind of brewing. And when the time is right, they'll come. They'll come. OK, well, we will definitely be there when when they come, because I can see all of those things coming to fruition. So I'll go ahead and say congratulations on your podcast. I'll Maybe. go ahead and say congratulations on your official <laughs> blog, because I do see those things coming because finances are huge. And within our community, a lot of people, our family members don't necessarily talk about that as we're growing up. You know that mama and daddy went to work. They worked on their job for 30 years and you know that they paid their bills. You don't know the behind the scenes of, you know, if they were invested because those type things were not talked about. So I think what you're doing is necessary. It's necessary. It's needed. So I just want to say thank you for, you know, being obedient and listening. And when the time is right, when those additional pieces come together, um, the coaching, the um, podcast and the blog, you will know that, well, you already know that you're walking and doing what you were supposed to be doing, but you're going to see an abundance when those yeah. things definitely come into um, fruition. So I want to say Man, congratulations before anybody else gets to say congratulations. <laughs> I receive it. I so receive it as well for you. Um, Keisha, just the post that you did today when God says he's doing new things, he's making yes. so many ways, even in the midst of a pandemic, he's pushing us to do more and he's opening yes. up so many avenues 
for those of us who may have felt like we didn't have open doors to be able to do those things in a season where it feels like God is closing down the world on us. For those of us who believe him, he's opening up doors yes. um, and making ways, parting waters that have never been done before. So we just have to remain open to heaven and just move whenever he says so. And so not only for me, but I speak it. I speak it for you as well. I was excited to see the package that you put out today. So if you all haven't ordered yours already, go in order um, that, that the package that he's. Yes, this is a top faith bundle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yes. plugging that. Um, I, again, thank you so much for joining me. It's such an honor that you were able to accept the invitation and give out some very, very good information on seven steps of faith, family and finances, because I know we all need it in our lives. Um, and I just want to encourage people to invite their children to the kitchen table. Have them to sit down with you when you are doing your finances, when you're doing your budgets, when you're doing your goals, include them. Although they are children, they still have a voice. They still have, they have ideas. Um, yes. Dr. Jones said that her children are running businesses. They have ideas. So they definitely need to be included because they are a part of the team. I mean, what better way than to, you know, get your children involved in, you know, finances now so that they're not stumbling over things in their near future. So they don't go to college and sign up for those unnecessary, um, <laughs> unnecessary credit cards. And Absolutely. they don't apply for scholarships so that they're not having to pay for school when there are so many different ways of getting, you know, free money to go to school. So um, again, Dr. Jones, thank you so much for opening up with me for this hour. Um, it's an honor and a pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you on Sunday with all that good information that everyone needs. So if you guys are not following her, be sure that you follow her so that you too can receive the information that goes out on Sundays. And we're going to go ahead and end it right here. And I hope that you all have a good evening. Again, I'm your host, Keisha Way, your servant leader by design. I serve as the bridge to your transformation. I help women, busy women, with their life, home, and business by creating balance inside of it. So that's the end. We'll see you guys next time. Good night. Good night. In this episode, we are having a conversation with First Lady Raquel Jones. We're talking about faith and taking it to the streets. I want you to pay close attention to what she is saying. I know that you are going to learn so much about faith and you're going to learn more about her new mission, her new ministry, taking it to the streets. Go ahead and take a listen. Thank you for joining us here at Today Faith Taught Me. Until next time, we will see you sooner than later.